Let me share some thoughts with you today titled After the Flood. After the Flood. We are frequently view the floods. We frequently are focused on, you know, the devastation and not the restoration. So we've got a couple of scriptures just to kind of, uh, you know, lay a groundwork for you, some ideas. And how many know the word of God is good? So we're safe there. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise, lift up a standard against him. Him. It's not an it. It's a him. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you. That you may say to the prisoners, is that that verse? Yeah. Yeah, we'll just cancel that one out. That doesn't sound right. It doesn't harmonize. Could be my mistake. Doubt it, though. (laughs) (laughs) And the rain descended, and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded upon the rock. Got the last one? Okay. All right. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. Now we ask you to help us. This morning. Thank you, Jesus. When we begin to talk about the flood, a flood is something that steals away the treasure, whether it be of a person or group of people. It is something that makes it harder to succeed. It says when the enemy comes in like a flood, when he attacks, when it seems a trouble and danger, an overflow that is beyond its limits. Floods. Matthew chapter 7, you know the story. The wise man and the foolish man who built his house. And what happened? He faced floods. He faced the winds and the rain. He faced that, uh, you know, forces that would beat on the house. The one, of course, did not survive. The other one, of course, was 
not moved. As we progress, let me give you just some information that you can apply to, to the floods. Water is often a symbol of a barrier to blessing. You remember the Red Sea. You remember the Jordan River. To the Jews, to the Jews, the sea was a symbol of chaos. It represented everything, you know, that is out of control. It had to do with evil. Fact is, in the new heaven, in the new earth, there is not going to be any more sea. So put that together. Revelation chapter 13 says that the, the beast emerges from the sea. It is representative of evil. The disciples were so amazed at the miracle of Jesus when it came to the sea. When Jesus came walking on the water, they looked and they thought it was what? A spirit. Because their superstition and their thoughts was that the sea, you know what I mean, was, you know, representative of evil and the headquarters of demonic activity. It can give you a whole new dimension on the miracles of Jesus uh, at the sea. When they were rowing one day, and there was a storm that came up, there was a fearfulness and a, and a frightfulness in the disciples. Just because of the water? Or because of their belief and understanding? The Jews associated those, those unseasonable, unreasonable forces to the evilness and the demonicness. Notice that he says, Revelation 21, there will be no more tears, no death, or sea. I don't know that he is saying there is no great waters. 
But I do know what he is saying. There is no more evil. There is no more chaos. There is no more turmoil. There is no more floods spewed forth from the evil one. No room for evil. Yesterday we did a funeral of someone that crossed over into that new place. A couple of verses for your reference would be Isaiah 57 and 20 and Psalm 74, 13 and 14. If you want to help you validate what I'm saying about the waters and the evil. You remember when you read the scriptures, the Lethion and the Behemoth, they were creatures of the sea. Creatures that tried to destroy all the order that God had established. Fact is, creation, the no form, no function, How did God get form and function back? He separated. The sea was in the middle. The firmament above and the firmament below. And he separated it. He gave it domains. Hallelujah. So when you read Jesus' miracles, it's just not miracles over the natural. It is miracles over the spirit world. What kind of man is this? Now, another one that I like is when Peter and John were fishing. Caught nothing. Jesus comes and says, guys, you know, you're doing it wrong. They follow Jesus' instructions and what happens? Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He's saying, you know what? The evil of the sea cannot hold captive the people that are in the sea when the instructions of God are followed. Amen? 
And the, the building of the house follows up that same thing and says, when you follow the instructions, when the word is followed, whoop, the storms will come. The winds will blow. There will be the attempt to keep you from your journey's destiny. But you're going to survive. Hallelujah. You're going to survive. In that story, I don't know what the outside around the house looked like from the floods and the wind and the rain. But I do know that the house stood strong. Hallelujah. Always that which is most important, God keeps intact. Because he's the God of after the flood. Hallelujah. When you want to know what God's going to do in your future, begin to study God's History in God's record. You see, the story of Noah is not merely a children's story. It reveals the highway to God's appointed future. Both in redemption and restoration. You see... The God of the future by studying his past. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why history is so important, particularly when it comes to God. These are not simply children's stories. They are the lights of the future to your and on your pathway. Oh, hallelujah. Absolutely. Praise God. When you read the story of after the flood, you begin to get a picture of what you can expect that's going to take place when, you know what I mean? The flood has finished. When the waters have receded. Glory to God. Absolutely. God is showing the church. That's why he kept the monuments and had them. Why? Because it lighted their future. So what God has done in the history of humanity is, is not a random path 
that's cut through the countryside by people with a compass. No. Paul said that they are written for our learning and our understanding. Oh, yes. So that we may persevere and be encouraged to give us hope. It is no secret what God can do, what he's done for others, he will do for you. What he's saying is what I did yesterday, I do today. What I do yesterday and today, you can expect it to be done in your tomorrows. Because I am the Lord, I change not. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Yes. The beauty of this thing is that God himself, in modern vernacular, he is the highway commissioner. He's the chief engineer, and he's the head foreman on the job. And history is going somewhere. That's what history is. It's the streetlights of the past shining on the future. Oh, yes. History shows you you know, humanity's ways. But it also shows you God's intervention. Hallelujah. After the flood. Church, this morning, God is not guessing. God is not guessing. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, there is no other, and I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and the ancient, t- ancient times, things that are not yet done. What is he saying? He's saying there is what I'm going to do listed and ingrained in what I've already done. Woo! We're in trouble if we've got this. But we're safe if God's got it. Absolutely. When's the last time you read those so-called children's stories? Or do you say, oh, That's for kids. No. No. It's the light to the future. It is true that there are flood waters of life. This is Matthew chapter 7 told us.
The Bible says that the end time that there would be earthquakes and wars. There would be a tide. Like the tide that from the oceans and the great waters. As we mentioned last week. But you know what is even more concerning than that is the spiritual whirlwinds that can uproot people from their spiritual foundation and land your spirit in places that you never imagined possible. I don't know what happened to Demas. I don't know what event took place in his life that he chose to turn back. What drew him away? But it happened. He lost his spiritual moorings. He lost his spiritual direction. I don't know what storm it was. But somehow it, it, it had an lasting effect on him. The fact is, was it not the Lord that said, will I find faith when I come? Really? Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's look at some storms that can happen in your life. Storms that sometimes you have to recover from. Paul addresses the floodwaters in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He said, we're hard-pressed on every side. We're perplexed. We're persecuted. We're struck down. And I didn't read the positive side of it because we're going to look at the negative side of it, the storm. Affliction, as you said, will come, which cause pain and suffering and, you know, uh, mental distress and challenging circumstances and unpleasant circumstances, situations. He said we're hard-pressed, and that means you're, you're never free from trials by people or situations. Never free. He said, I'm perplexed. I don't know what to do, which way to turn. Who's going to provide? You know, doubt, fear, and anxiety camp out. And he says we're persecuted, threatened. Left by friends. But he also says that storms don't need to have a lasting effect. You weather the storm. Hallelujah. 
He said, we're knocked down, but we're not knocked out. Maybe you've experienced that. The fight of faith. That's what it is. It's the fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. The trial of your faith. You know, everything that the enemy does that rises from the sea in the floods, you know, is it wants to go ahead and pull your faith down. Your trust and your confidence in God. He wants to hinder your future, your success. But Paul says this. Pressure will not defeat us. Confusion will not discourage us. Opposition will not deter us. Hard hits will not destroy us. God will not be defeated by sin. Oh, hallelujah. What a mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. You see, after the flood, you are guaranteed that the sun will shine again. Absolutely. God always moves when his people are threatened. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. In that threatening flood, he said, I am going to, you know, come to the aid of my people. The most challenging thing is for us to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The pain of this world produces glory in the world to come. Paul said this. He said, I reckon that the sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us over there. I have a hunch that Paul is alluding to the time when he was caught up into the third heavens. And he got a view, a view so great that he said, I can't even go ahead and, and lawfully explain it to you, but this is what I'll tell you. That whatever you go through after the flood... James, first chapter, talks about that the trial comes, the test comes, and when you 
you know, endure it, you shall receive a crown of life. He is not talking about the crown of life when you get to heaven. He's saying you're going to get a spiritual promotion. Somebody give the Lord a praise. You will get a spiritual promotion. Oh, hallelujah. Bible Center, we are in line to a, and for a spiritual promotion. You've endured. All the servants of God here, this missionary family, your mom and dad. Jesus covers spirit, soul, and body. The natural world, physical world, the spiritual world. The waters will recede and the ground will dry up. And we need to be people who see the rainbow in the cloud. Because the scripture says that when you see a cloud, look for the rainbow. What does the rainbow tell you? God said, I've set limits on just how far things can go. I'll set limits. Oh, yes. God's got this. There's been times in my life that I noticed I was low. You ever been low, Gordy? Anybody here ever never, never been not low? <laughs> Isn't that amazing how God comes and, you know, intervenes and gives the word or opens the door. What should you do after the flood? First thing that Noah did is he built an altar. Draw near to God. And he'll draw near to you. It's the part we can play. Make a fresh commitment to God. A fresh commitment. Go all out for God. You know, when Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, he's not adding to our list of jobs, the priorities that we have on earth, even if it's at the top of the tier. It's not just giving us a list. Make sure it's first. 
No. He's saying, let the full flow of life flow through that thought in that kingdom. And ask my musicians to come because we're going to continue celebrating, but we got to get this, that there's, there's an altar to be, to be built. After the flood, God gives us the assurance of the preservation of life. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. He said, you know, the cycle is going to continue. He not only says the cycle is going to continue, but he also promises to make provision for your physical needs. Genesis chapter 9, verse 3. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. Yeah. For I have given you all things, even the green herbs. I'm not much on that. The green herbs. I like the all things better. Oh, hallelujah. He said, I want you to remember that there will always be a safety net. Always be a safety net. That's what the rainbow represents, a safety net. Hallelujah. After the flood... There's a future. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Oh, bless his holy name. I think my musicians are coming. God says, I'm going to do something. He says, the spirit of the Lord is going to stop the flood. Believer, this is for you. God says, my spirit is going to stop the flood for you, for my kids, for the believer. Joel and Peter harmonize in Scripture to say that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. He said there's going to be a major new voice that's going to begin to be propagated in the land. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. I was one of those sons and daughters. And now I'm part of the elder group. But God says, elder group, I'm going to have some fresh voices.
I'm going to have some fresh vision and I'm going to have some fresh prophecies. I'm going to birth fresh hope. Because I'm going to lift up a standard. Stand with me this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm sure you'll agree with me, maybe in, at least on a national scene and even a world scene and maybe personally, it seems to be chaos. Seems to be confusion. There's more than just a pandemic of COVID. There's a pandemic that seems to be hitting households. Major floods, strong floods. Hallelujah. As the failures of yesterday are what you presume to be failures, you know what I mean, from God's perspective, have they went ahead and stifled your faith to believe for tomorrow? Without a vision, people perish. Hallelujah. You can't run without a vision. But once you get a vision, you got to run. You got to run with it. Look around you. After the flood. It's just a natural picture. Of what God does. When he meets the need. Because there is a need.
we've said that we all want a miracle, but we don't want the conditions that make it necessary for a miracle. But you know what? I think we're ready for a miracle. I think there's need enough for a miracle. I think there's reason for a miracle. I think there's a, you know, a qualifying, you know, events for the Spirit of the Lord to raise up a standard against it. Hallelujah. I will look unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord. And then he puts this big, you know, panoramic possibility before him. Who made heaven and earth? Every once in a while, God would have to come to his people and say, is anything too hard for me? Would you answer that for me? Is anything too hard for me? Come to the prophet. Tell him what to do. Is anything too hard for me? Hallelujah. Can you say nothing is too hard for God and actually go, <laughs> yeah. Nothing is too hard for, for God. Hallelujah. 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 Let's sing us something in. See, God's got to get us ready for a miracle. You don't just need a miracle, or you not just have a need for a miracle. You and I have to get ready for a miracle. If you believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Disciples, you know why you couldn't do it? Yeah. You didn't put enough investment in it. These kind come out, only come out with prayer and fasting. Yeah, hallelujah. The recipe's there. Bless his holy name. Glory to God. Call on to me and I will answer thee. Oh, show you great and mighty things that you, you don't even know of. I mean, he says, come on, let's get desperate. Let's get desperate. I got to close. Okay. Church, you know, forgive me if I sound driving home. See, I'm trying to help myself, too. I am. 
the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth. You got to speak it. I keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah. I guess I'm trying to tell you something. Hell, that there's good things after the flood that's coming your way. Absolutely. Hallelujah. There is, you know, an offspring after the flood. Absolutely. There is a future after the flood. Amen. Glory to God. Listen, church. When, when the temple was destroyed and they rebuilt it and the day of celebration came and there were those that were looking back rather than the work that had just been done. We don't want to look in comparison to yesterday's revivals. God's got a new thing. Hallelujah. The new temple will work. It's been built. Glory to God. Did that make sense? Yes. How? It's, it's, it's no time for comparison. Woo! Hallelujah. It will keep you from enjoying what God is presently doing in your midst. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Glory to God. So... As we go to eat, God bless it, fellowship, celebrate. Amen? Celebrate. And don't forget, Wednesday night prayer meetings, third Saturday is coming up, you know, from 10 to 12. Hallelujah. Prayer is what's supposed to go on in the house of God, in the temple of God. Prayer. Prayer. Amen? Go with God. Amen. Thank you.